Hey y'all, this is the Christ Center Conversations Podcast, and I'm Shelby Stanfill. And I'm Kevin Stanfill. Each week, we come together and discuss the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy listening to this week's episode. Welcome everybody to the Stanfill Cast, episode seven, and that's my favorite number, so I'm very excited that this is episode seven, which means that we've been doing this for seven weeks, so that's pretty cool. Well, we're going to go ahead and dive in. Last week, we talked a little bit about uh, we're still in First Nephi chapter three. We talked a lot about verse seven and eight and nine before on the last podcast, so go take a listen to that. But just to refresh your memory of where we're at, Nephi, um, Laman, Lemuel, and Sam, and Lehi has received this vision that, or this counsel that he needs to go and obtain the plates of brass. And so in verse 7, Nephi saying that he's going to go and do that, and he, this is the part where he actually goes and does what he, what Lehi asked him to do, which really is Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. And I would kind of just like to get into the head of Laman and Lemuel at this point, because we don't really hear that they murmured, right? Like we don't, we hear Nephi saying that whole go and do, but I wonder what Laman and Lemuel were feeling because this was a 14, 12 to 14 day journey, right? Just one way. And so to go all the way back to Jerusalem and then to come all the way back to the wilderness, wherever they're at, I'm sure that they were murmuring, right? Well, we know that in verse 5, it actually says, Lehi says, um, Thy brothers murmur, saying it is a hard thing which I have required of them. But behold, I have not required it of them, but the Lord has required it of them. It's a commandment of the Lord. So we do know that Laman and Lemuel are murmuring yeah but they do go but i guess i'm wondering what that murmuring was like on the journey because in the scriptures we get to when they start casting lots about who should go into layman and so i wonder what that was like journeying there well what's the uh what's the doctrine and covenants verse that talks about not being compelled in all things or is that mm. that may be in the book of mormon but there's there is a a principle of the gospel in service and priesthood obligations which um it says that we should not be compelled in all things we we should actually be anxiously engaged and so i think the very fact that they had to cast lots they had to decide well who's going to go up there kind of speaks to the mindset of maybe if not all of them at least a majority of them because yeah. if a, if a majority of them said hey i think we should just all go up there or hey we should all just you know go i don't think casting lots would casting lots is like a nose goes kind of situation <laughs> right right so like who says the prayer tonight okay. right right exactly so I just think that that speaks to the mindset of the group that 
none of them really wanted to go up there and confront Laban, a man they don't know, um, to get plates that they don't they don't really know why they need it. Right? Yeah. They haven't they haven't gained a testimony of this mission yet. Yeah. That's very true. And I just wanna liken this to the youth. Kevin and I both have callings in the youth right now. And you can definitely see those who will will do, go and do, like Nephi. And then you have those that you really gotta, you know, push. <laughs> and I think the difference there is the strength of their testimony, really, right? And it doesn't mean that those who are pushed, just like Laman and Lemuel were, it doesn't mean that they can't get to the go and do point that Nephi's at, and they just gotta work for it. They gotta build their faith. And so, I don't know. I wanna I wanna put a disclaimer that I don't I don't know if a there's a difference between having a personal testimony and being converted. Um, there's an excellent video of Elder Bednar talking about, he said, he, he said, quote, I think or believe most members of the church have a testimony. I don't think they're all converted, end quote. Um, <laughs> and the, the idea behind that and how it relates to the youth example that Shelby gave and I think how it relates to these young men in the scriptures that we're talking about is that a testimony can definitely lead you to learn more about things. Um, you can you can be diligent in your own personal study, in your personal prayers. You can even get to church, but if you're not converted when the adversity arises or when you're asked to do hard things or when you fail having done something you were asked to do either by the spirit or by a representative of Jesus Christ you you don't rebound as well mm. you you give up yes and that goes perfectly into the example of uh, casting lots and Laban going into the house of Laban. Um, in verse 11 is when they cast lots. In verse 12 is when, well, it fell upon Laman. So Laban is the king and Laman is the son. So that's very interesting, right? Well, Laban, Laban isn't a king. He's just a... He's probably a, a Jewish. Well, he's the he's the one that has the plates. Right. He's probably a Jewish aristocrat. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> That's important. Yeah, Laban <laughs> is. But Laman, yeah. the son. So Laban, Laman, they sound really familiar. Is what I'm trying to get at. But anyway, Laban, he, they go into the house of Laban. Laman, Laman does. Oh my goodness gracious! Maybe Kevin should explain. This. Yeah, let me let me go ahead and take over real quick. Because um, I've actually, as a an aside, this week as I was reading this chapter, I thought, you know, this is just such, it's like a bunch of verses that we just skim through at having read the story several times. 
I tried to read it with a little bit more diligence, but we don't really find too much else. I would actually encourage you, if you haven't gone and watched the Book of Mormon video about this scene, it's actually done really well. Yeah. And it gives you a little bit of context. I'm sure um, it's an inspired uh, dramatization of what's going on, right? Um, so, and I'll kind of, I'll go through it with regard to that. So, Laman is the one who is uh, found responsible or chosen just by a roll of the dice to go up to Laban to retrieve the plates. And obviously, he's not going up to steal them or infiltrate the compound. Instead, he's going up to ask, hey, can I have these? And it says that when he asked if he could have the plates, Laban became angry with him. I would imagine it's more of like an annoyance or kind of like an indig indignation. Um, like, what, uh, what right do you have to come into my house and ask me for something? And obviously, these are, these are brass plates with the Book of Moses within them. So the Old Testament up to this point. They have the genealogy. And it also has the genealogy of, uh, of Lehi and many, many other men. So this isn't just a small thing. It's not like you're going into a house and asking, hey, could I have one of the many volumes of this book, right? Um, this, is a, this is a record. It, it's not uh, treated lightly. And Laman then flees out of his presence, and then he recounts the story to his brothers. And they just, they're just ready to pack up and head back out into the wilderness, uh, admitting defeat. So in other words, they failed, which brought, this is what, you know, before I had my word vomit, that's what I was thinking of, is that they failed, right? Or they, they thought they were going to succeed, and they didn't, and this is something that the Lord had asked them to do. And so here Laman comes, coming back, and he's like, man, I almost, he almost killed me, right? And... What his brothers, besides really Nephi, were like, all right, let's go back. You know, there's nothing else we can do. And Nephi's like, no, we're not going back because of what was told in verse 7, that he knew that the Lord didn't give commandments unless he would prepare a way for them to accomplish it. So in verse 15, he kind of says the same thing. He said, as the Lord liveth and as we live, we will not go down unto our father in the wilderness until we have accomplished the thing which the Lord hath commanded us. And so when we fail, it's very important that sometimes the Spirit will ask us to do something or we'll receive promptings uh, and we'll go and do what, <laughs> what the Savior and the Spirit asks us to do, but yet we fail and we're like, what, what happened, right? Like, I thought this is what you wanted me to do. Maybe there's just another way he wanted us to accomplish it, you know? And we couldn't really, we couldn't do it that first way. We didn't get it right. And so it's important to bounce back when we fail, realizing that the Lord is on our side and that maybe there's just a different way that we need to go. 
and that we need to accomplish the task. And Nephi had that perspective, right? Well, let me let me change my mindset. We didn't. Yes, we failed, but there has to be some other way. You know. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, for some reason, came to my mind. You know, Shelby and I, we've just been married for uh, a short couple months. And I was speaking to one of my friends, Charlie, and he asked, hey, how's, how's married life? And I said, well, you know, not much has changed other than that we, we get to live together. Yeah. You know, um, neither of us have to leave when it becomes bedtime. <laughs> and then he said, yeah, not a lot of things are going to change until you start solving problems together and that's kind of I, I don't know exactly why it came to my mind but it is true that I think what leads to Nephi's full conversion is that he was willing to solve problems and sometimes we, we receive a commandment that we don't understand we receive counsel that we don't necessarily agree with even policies can change in the church that we don't necessarily agree with or they offend some sensibility and really it's a it's pride issue right but instead nephi decides to solve the problem as opposed to letting the problem stand can i interject yeah. so if you continue in the verses, like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, like all of them, really, um, he, the way that he solves the problem is he looks back at the things that he knows to be true, right? So he looks back and he's like, all right, I know that we have a commandment we need to keep, and I know that we need to be faithful in keeping that commandment. That's like verses 15, 16. He knows that Jerusalem's going to be destroyed because the people are wicked. He knows that they're rejecting the words of the prophets. He knows that his father has been commanded that they flee. And he knows that it's wisdom in God that they should obtain the records so that they can preserve these words of all of the prophets that have testified and the genealogy for their children. And I think that's important in how we solve problems today. Um, we need to look at the things that we know to be true and keep that from uh, making us just completely stop and just turn around and go back like Laman and Lemuel would have done. We need to look at all the things that we can be leaving in that moment or those things that we might be forgetting, right? Like we need to remember. I think there's so many definitions of remember and I think there's a depth to remembrance and Nephi really had that remembrance to be able to solve the problem and be like, okay, well, I know all these other things are true, so there has to be another solution because A, B, C, D, E are true. That doesn't mean that this one attempt, number one, is going to be the only answer. Yeah, I just thought about how, as well as, uh, as those things, Nephi was being more proactive than reactive. You know, layman... Lamuel and Sam were being very reactive to the situation. Meanwhile, Nephi was being proactive. He said, 
hang on a second. What can we do? Not, not, well, brethren, let's come and kneel down and pray that if the Lord wants us to retrieve these records, he will just bring them right to us, right? You know, we, uh, and we often, we often hear about this with Nephi, that he's not one to pray and ask, please do something supernatural to accomplish, you know, the, this, this mission for us. It says, give me the strength to do this thing, you know, bestow upon me greater knowledge and understanding and proficiency to do it. And so he realizes, he's proactive, he realizes we have all this material wealth back in the land of our inheritance, back at the home of our father. We left all of our precious things behind and we took only our, our basic essentials out into the wilderness. So let's go back there, grab them, and offer them to Laban in exchange for the record. Yeah, and he understands Laban, right? Like he yes. he knows what he wants. Like he is a rich, wealthy Jew. Worldly man. Yeah. Yes. So he's like, well let's appeal to him because what is this gonna do for us? And I bet you Laban and Lemuel in their hearts were like, Man, but I thought maybe we might come back to this. <laughs> Right? Like, sure. Like, I don't know. Like, oh man, now we really got to give it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? That You really touched on a really interesting thing that I, I hadn't thought about before, which is that Nephi knew his audience. That's something yeah. that we talk about in my pathway curriculum uh, about writing. You know, knowing your audience, knowing who you're trying to appeal to. And that's not to get off track, but that's a leadership quality. Yeah. Um, knowing how to work with certain people who are kind of hard to work with. You've got to level with them. And that's what Nephi was doing. And so, I mean, Nephi's a great leader, but we see that he has this plan. He has this uh, solution. And they go and they gather all their things. And they go onto Laban and he sees it and he, he basically lusts after it. And then uh, they all flee because he's like, go kill him, right? right? Like, I want all this gold and these precious things. And they all run out and Laban gets all their gold and precious things. And, and, they, they, still and they still don't didn't have get it. the plate. Yeah. So we're talking about failure number two here, right? And this time, Laban, <laughs> Lemuel, man, they are mad. They are like, are you kidding me right now? This is simple. <laughs> I would be, if I were them, I'd be really, really angry. And so they they come out and they get mad at Nephi and Sam and they, they start to smite him with a rod. Yeah. Right? They're like, what are you, you know, you had this great idea, Nephi, and it didn't even work and da 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 da. And you're just, da, I could just see it playing out, right? Sure. And it's just, here we are again. They, instead of, keeping the perspective of this was a commandment that the Lord asked us to do and we failed well let's tr they don't they just blame they place blame on somebody else it didn't work you you're wrong da, 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 da. they don't look to the source which is Christ right and that's so important to do when we fail well why did I fail what did I do wrong what do I need to do different and let's make another solution and that solution might fail again like we see in the scriptures 
but we come to know that there is an attempt number three in chapter four. Well, and first, before the final and successful attempt to get the records, um, as Laman and Lamuel are smiting Nephi with a rod. And their um, words. And, and their words. Um, an angel appears unto them. And um, it says in verse 29, Behold, an angel of the Lord came and stood before them, and he spake unto them, saying, Why do you smite your younger brother with a rod? <laughs> know ye not that the Lord hath chosen him to be a ruler over you, and this because of your iniquities. So he told them why. Very good, yes. He, he's, even the angel is counseling them, yeah. right? This isn't just a reprimand, and, and that's, that's a really important principle to how the Spirit works. When you feel reprimanded by the Spirit, whether it's because you did something wrong, you kind of feel like either the Spirit withdraw or just kind of uh, prick you, right? It's important to continue to listen because the Spirit won't reprimand you and not tell you why what you did was wrong. If you take it hard, if your heart is hard, then you'll become resentful, right? You'll you'll first resent the spirit, and you'll resent those other people around you who are keeping the commandments, that, that are doing what they were asked to do. And I think that there was a lot of the spirit pricking the hearts of Laman and Lamuel all the way through the wilderness to get to Jerusalem, and now they've they've just had it and uh and now it becomes necessary that an angel comes and and rebukes them but go ahead as i say even after it says i'm going to finish what you were reading it says behold you shall go up to jerusalem again and the lord will deliver laban into your hands and after that the angel departed and then this part gets me. Laman and Lemuel again began to murmur after they just saw an angel. And they said, How is it possible that the Lord will deliver Laban into our hands? Behold, he is a mighty man, and he can command fifty, yea, he can even or even he can slay fifty, then why not us? So they just saw an angel who literally just told them, I will deliver Laban into your hands and then they he leaves. Angel leaves and How's Laban gonna do that? Do, do, do. And it I don't know. They just really did not have perspective. Correct. And they were not letting the spirit teach them. They weren't letting the spirit unto their hearts. If you were if you were like I was when I first started reading the Book of Mormon, and I'd read just one chapter a day, one chapter a night you might miss something very interesting that happens between verse 31 of chapter 3 and verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4. Yeah. Because what you see is the great difference in the perspective of Laman and Lamuel and Nephi. So 
his older brothers are saying, well, Laban's got a bunch of men, and they could slay 50 of us, you know? Um, and then Nephi, in the very next verse, verse 1 of chapter 4, says, And it came to pass that I spake unto my brethren, saying, Let us go up again unto Jerusalem, which is what the Lord commanded them to do and what the angel just commanded them to do. And let us be faithful in keeping the commandments of the Lord. For behold, he is mightier than all the earth. Then why not mightier than Laban and his fifty, yea, even his uh, tens of thousands? Therefore, let us go up. Yeah. It's just, it's his attitude, it's his perspective. And we just really see that come forth in this chapter going on to chapter four. And so I think my invitation is to consider the attitude that you have towards the gospel of Jesus Christ. Take a little self-reflection this week. Is it casual? Is it careful? Is it not even there? Just take a look at where it's at. And I would invite us to do that and strive to be like Nephi, to change our perspective on the failures we may be going through right now or the challenges or the trials that might not even be our fault, but to, when in that case, they'd be afflictions, but to really look at our attitude and our perspective. And I promise as you do that, you will see the hand of the Lord in your life and see the ways that he's prepared and and the those failures are only making you stronger. So I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If I may add a closing remark as well and a closing testimony. But first, I know everything that my wife has said is true. I know that the Book of Mormon is true. Um, it's really important that we understand that the Lord can't use us if we're not obedient and if we're not listening. I try to train myself to listen to the most insignificant promptings or what seem insignificant. And if I'm wondering if it's the spirit or if it's just me, I just go ahead and do it, right? As long as it's good. <laughs> um, sometimes it'll be so silly as what, which way to take home, right, from my work. I'll think, well, you know what? I, I should probably go this way. And then I'll immediately think, well, was that a, was that a prompting? Is there a reason I should? And then I should say, you know, I'm just going to do it. Because the more you choose to, one, acknowledge the Lord, his hand in all things, and two, follow the promptings and counsel that you receive, you become more receptive. And if he can trust you doing the small things, he's going to trust you with great things. I know that to be true. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we will see you guys next week, and we'll dive into chapter four. We're moving on. So have a wonderful week. Bye.
We hope you're enjoying the Christ-Centered Conversations podcast featuring the Book of Mormon. If you have any suggestions for the show, please message us on Facebook at Kevin or Shelby Stanfill. We also invite you to visit churchofjesuschrist.org for more information on the Book of Mormon and the restored gospel of Jesus Christ.